there are two weeks left before the next solstice, with 14 more days of the sun springing above the horizon just a little bit higher each sunrise before the march to fall begins once more. I will not mention the other season, for I know that may trouble some readers and listeners. It is June 7th, 2022, and this is the matching installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm Sean Tubbs, planning for a summer of content. On today's program, a panel of federal judges has dismissed a lawsuit seeking an election for the House of Delegates this year. The Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority turns 50 today, and both Albemarle and Charlottesville have agreed to extend its existence. And various updates from Charlottesville City Manager Michael Rogers, as well as an update on why consideration of a seven-story building on Jefferson Park Avenue has been delayed. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, Camp Albemarle has for 60 years been a wholesome, rural, rustic, and restful site for youth activities, church groups, civic events, and occasional private programs. Located on 14 acres on the banks of the Mormons River near Free Union, Camp Albemarle continues as a legacy of being a civilian conservation corps project that sought to promote the importance of rural activities. Camp Albemarle seeks support for a plan to winterize the Hamner Lodge, a structure built in 1941 by the CCC and used by every 4th and 5th grade student in Charlottesville and Albemarle for the study of ecology for over 20 years. If this campaign is successful, Camp Albemarle could operate year-round. Consider your support by visiting campalbemarleva.org donate. There are 518 days until the next time voters will decide on who will sit in the Virginia House of Delegates. That's a year later than the 154 days that Richmond attorney Paul Goldman had wanted. But a panel of three federal judges have ruled that he did not have standing to bring the lawsuit either as a voter or a potential candidate. In his original complaint filed on June 28th of last year, Goldman alleged that the legislative boundaries at the time of the 2021 House of Delegates elections, scheduled for that November, would be in violation of the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Goldman argued that the population of some districts were much larger than others due to the outdated districts. The case made its way up to the U.S. Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals before being sent back to the lower court this past March. Attorneys for the state filed a motion to dismiss the case on April 1st of this year, and yesterday's opinion granted that request. Here's a section from the introduction to the opinion. The current motion to dismiss follows a convoluted, months-long procedural history involving multiple complaints, motions to dismiss, motions to intervene, various hearings, as well as the appointment of a three-judge court and an interlocutory appeal to the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals on sovereign immunity. The opinion is also a history of the delays experienced by the U.S. Census Bureau in delivering data from the 2020 count due to pandemic-related issues, as well as the failure of the bipartisan Virginia Redistricting Commission to reach consensus last October. The opinion notes that Goldman opted to not file paperwork to actually run as a candidate in 2021, and notes that Goldman resisted proving that he even voted that year. 
That means he could not prove he personally suffered an injury that would grant him the right to sue. Plaintiff bears the burden of proving that he has standing, but he has not properly supported his assertion that he voted in November of 2021. If plaintiff did not vote in November 2021, he lacks standing, as he cannot claim injury to a right that he voluntarily failed to exercise. Goldman later did file an affidavit stating he did vote, but the opinion notes that this was filed improperly. Still, the ruling goes on to state that Goldman had not sufficiently explained why he was personally disadvantaged by voting in 2021 in the older district. Virginia has 100 House of Delegates districts, making the ideal district population 86,314. Plaintiff's House of Delegates district, District 68, had an adjusted population of 85,344. The case is now closed, according to the order, with no possibility of appeal. One innovation to come with the tenure of interim city manager Michael C. Rogers is a written report that is produced once a month to address items that come up at city council. He also read from the report at the beginning of last night's meeting and provided an update on the city's current pause on issuing new building permits and inspections. No new inspections or permits will take place through June 13th. Uh, we have made multiple offers to a new building official and have, have to restart the process again with uh, the most recent candidate changing their mind about relocating here at the last minute after uh, we thought they ac accepted the uh, position. We had previously contracted with the firm uh, to help us with the in inspections to offset our shortage. Uh, the two employees assigned by that firm also uh, left us recently, so we are scrambling. Rogers also said an award should be made soon for a firm to help the city write a collective bargaining ordinance, and that should be before council in September, with a draft ready in August. The interim city manager also reported that the city has once again been awarded a AAA bond rating from both S&P and Moody's. A $26 million sale of bonds to fund capital projects is expected to be made today. Council also got an update on the city's resumption in April of disconnecting utility customers for non-payment. A moratorium was in place for nearly two years due to the pandemic. Ashley Marshall is one of two deputy city managers. The utility billing office notified 282 accounts of pending disconnections by hanging cards on their doors. And to date, 246 of those accounts have made payment arrangements. The written report contains several other pieces of information that touch on previous stories that I've reported. The June 21st council work session will resume the discussion of city-owned properties and whether the city is getting the most out of the current arrangements. A request for proposals for $178,394 in remaining community development block grants will be released this week. And finally, final design of a parking and pedestrian access for the Dogwood Memorial in McIntyre Park has been reviewed, and a budget and scope of work is being drafted, as well as a fundraising plan to pay for it. Rogers' employment by the city is through a contract with the Robert Bob Group, Council also extended that contract until the end of this year. Charlottesville City Council had been expected to consider a special use permit for a seven-story building on Jefferson Park Avenue at their meeting last night, but the item was delayed until a future meeting. 
The Planning Commission voted 4-3 to three on May 10th to recommend approval, with some members expressing concerns about the massing and scale of the project. Charlottesville Mayor Lloyd Snook addressed the delay. Uh, there were a number of issues that were raised at the Planning Commission, and the approval that the Planning Commission gave in some ways was conditioned upon Y'all go try to figure ways to moderate this, to, to, to mitigate some of the, the harmful effects of the way it was appearing to be so massive and so on. Snook said the Department of Neighborhood Development Services requested more time to work on the proposal before it gets to city council. The item will be rescheduled. You are listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. In today's first subscriber-supported shout-out, Livable Seaville wants you to know about an online presentation coming up on June 7th. The Community Climate Collaborative and Livable Seaville are presenting a talk on what they consider climate-smart zoning. Executive Director Susan Cruz and Director of Climate Policy Caetano de Campos Lopez will be the presenters. This is happening tonight from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. Sign up for the free event on Eventbrite. Finally, one quick story today, and it's a bit of a birthday. Fifty years ago today, the Rivanna Water and Sewer Authority was incorporated as a public body pursuant to what was known as the Virginia Water and Sewer Authorities Act. The body was created at the request of both Charlottesville and Albemarle County. Lance Stewart is the Director of Facilities and Environmental Services for Albemarle County. That was for the purpose of managing our reservoirs and dams, um, our public drinking water, treating that, distributing it, and also treating our sewage. Under the terms of the incorporation, a term limit of 50 years was imposed, but extension could be granted if its member bodies pass resolutions to allow it to continue. Bill Moyer has been the RWSA's executive director for the past five years, and he appeared before both bodies in the past week to make the case for continued existence. Our staff works very hard to diligently, professionally, and economically provide water for the greater region of the city and the, and the county, including Crozet, Scottsville, Red Hill. We have a small system. Uh, we operate and manage six water supply reservoirs, uh, five water treatment plants, and four wastewater plants. No one spoke at the public hearing in Albemarle, and the resolution passed. Last night, it was City Council's turn, but before that public hearing, City Councilor Clerk Kena Thomas read the consent agenda, which included this item. Approving the Ravana Water and Sewer Authority Northern Area Projects Allocation Agreement, one reading. Consent agenda items are resolutions that are not controversial, for which a public conversation isn't deemed strictly necessary. Capital projects are paid for by ratepayers, and each locality pays a share. In this case, the agreement lays out that the Albemarle County Service Authority will pay the full costs of new service to increase capacity in the area north of Hollymead Town Center, with the exception of a future storage tank that will hold 1 million gallons. By the terms of the agreement, the city will pay 10% of that project because it adds to the system's overall capacity. 
The city will pay a share of about 48% of the 2.425 million cost to decommission a water treatment plant on the North Fork of the Rivanna River. After holding a public hearing on rates for water, wastewater, and natural gas, it was time for council to adopt their resolution extending the existence of the RWSA. Here's city manager Michael Rogers again. It's been 50 years, it expires tomorrow, and uh, so this action is placed here for, uh, for, for renewal. No one spoke at city council's public hearing either, and council concurred with the supervisors to keep the RWSA in business. The RWSA's board of directors next meets on June 28th. And that's it for the June 7th, 2022 edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I hope that you have learned something listening to this. I certainly learned something writing it. And that's kind of the point of this. I've been a journalist for nearly 30 years now, off and on. I did take a little bit of time off here and there for the wonderful world of restaurants. And at this point, I just want to say thank you for listening. Please do send this on to somebody else. I will mention again, as I keep doing, that if you subscribe through Substack, the company Ting will match your initial payment. I'm going to invoice them as soon as I publish this today, so I can hopefully look forward to doing this maybe not 48 years into the future, like the RWSA, but uh, I certainly would like to do this for a very long time, hopefully the rest of my life and career. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program, and I am here to tell you again, thank you. That's that's really it. Uh, if you have any questions about the program, please drop me a line. If you would like to learn more about anything, also drop me a line. I will try my best to answer any questions. And uh, I really uh, thank you for all of this. Uh, I got nothing else to say. I'm ad-libbing at this point. And uh, it's time to get on to writing the next one. There's a busy week coming up. There's a lot of things I need to catch up with. And uh, so look forward to that. I am Sean Tubbs. Thank you very much. And goodbye. Goodbye.